This is CliffCentral.com. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to the good stuff. Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Linda Q, the good things guy. And right next to me, uh, is Gary, the good things girl. Good morning. Morning, yo. How's it, how's it going? Uh, wet. What's happening? It's amazing. Happy holidays. It's happy December holidays. 1st. Happy December. Um, we have the show on Cliff Central, the platform, to remind you that there's still so many good things happening in the world and in South Africa right now. A lot of the time we can get bugged down with, uh, stuff. Like if you if you continue to read the mainstream media um, every night before you close your eyes, you're going to be praying for that letter of immigration to come through, um, and that's why we're here so that you don't do that, so that you're reminded that there's good things and that you fill your mind with balance. One of the things that I say, and I actually did a talk last week um, about the fact that I'm not a ostrich in the sand, mm. which is also a terrible um, quote or like terrible thing to say because ostriches don't put their heads in the sand ever. If an ostrich had to put its head in the sand, it would die. It yes. can't breathe. Mm. But it's a it's an African saying. So I'm not an ostrich uh, with my head in the sand. I do know what's going on in the world, and we do know what's happening in our world. I just try to find balance. I think that's important, is to have that balance. Or more, more good than bad. Kerry, then I'll turn into a dribbling mess like you. You're always drizzling from the ass. <laughs> <laughs> not always, not always. I'm trying to find balance, Brent. Aish, aish, aish. All right, so today we're going to be catching up on the MKRSA journey. Yes, I'm out, but yes, there's still so many things that are good and good things happening. Uh, we're also going to be digging into our current affairs to try bringing the good news stories from there. And we'll be bringing you our top five trending good news stories that we bring you every week. Um, search the internet high and low for those. Plus, Kerry and I will get to chat to Alice Focht. She's the only double lung transplant recipient in South Africa. Sure. To, to have undergone the actual surgery in South Africa, um, which is phenomenal. Someone has gifted uh, her a third chance at life, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and we're going to find out from her what that means. Our second miracle two weeks in a row. Well, you know what? We're going to start adding miracles. December miracles, yo. Yes. Hashtag December miracles. Listen up and get inspired. Uh, if you guys got, want to get involved with the conversation, you can tweet us. Cliff Central come. Brent Lindicu. Kerry Stein. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry Stein. Each Thank week you. I get Thanks. it wrong. Stain would be E-Y, right? Yes. So Stein is E-R. Like Kerry Stein. Stein like the wine. Stein like the wine. Uh, or you can give us a call at 0861 or you can WhatsApp us on the number 079-748-2090. Kerry has been practicing that, yo. Woo, every week. I am well, well, well impressed. Thank you. Well impressed. Okay, so first things first, um, we'll do a little catch up on MKRSA. Uh, out of the competition, but still on the show. You? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, How I, many weeks are left? Just one more. So, this is nearly the end. Though we've come to the end. Um, no, bad wow. singing. So, yeah, it's it, we're there. We're, in the last semi-final, um, Andrew and I were on the sidelines supporting the two teams. And it was incredibly difficult because we'd become so close to mm. both Lani and Lizelle, who's like my mom and my sister. And um, Yamandi and Michiel, who are... Uh, Your oh, new besties. Oh, I love them. Your new besties. We love them. Yes. They're incredible. So they did a huge cook-off. Um, we were supporting lots of love still on Twitter. People were still tweeting me. That's incredible. Now tell me something. Are um, the other contestants also still involved? As involved as you? No. So they'll okay. come They'll come back for the final. Okay. If you've looked at the trailer for the final, yes. you would have seen that the all the contestants do come back. Okay. Which is quite exciting to be there. But, um, yeah, I was getting tweeted, man. There was, there was one tweet. This girl was like, yeah, your scarf is on point. <laughs> and I was like, well, if I can't cook in the kitchen, I better look good. Well, <laughs> and now with this bright red jacket. Although it's not, it's not. Cold in studio. It's cold outside. It's not cold in studio. So no, we're okay. It's, it's warm in here. We're okay. We're on fire. So yeah, it's the final this week and we'll finally find out who, um, who's going to be taking that million rand home with them. Woo. That's a big one, hey? It's a big one. Right now before Christmas. And maybe next week we'll bring your Monday and Michiel into studio. Oh, that's us. so exciting. I'd just love to, hang to out. meet them. Yeah, just Are to you hang bringing out. cheesecake? Oh, that's. Effing cheesecake. I know, right? 
You can't make promises and not deliver. So I will. <laughs> Good. I'll make a cheesecake mm-hmm. next week, Tuesday, for everybody. Dory, Ben, I'll make cheesecake. It was uh, it was Dory who, I mean, Dory is the backbone of Cliff Central. Yes. You don't understand how Dory pulls things together. And so you definitely need to make her cheesecake. She puts up with all our crap. Like um, when you go onto cliffcentral.com and you see the bios and the uploads and all of that, that's Dory. Dory. And I can tell you, out of the 42 shows here at Cliff Central, not one of them get their stuff to her in time. So she's forever nagging us. We're forever trying to, you know, um, she really does hold this her place together. So thank you. Her I'm deadlines gonna, rely on us. They rely on us. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you cheesecake. I won't, I won't give you my bio. I won't give you the show's bio, but I'll give you cheesecake. So he's gonna make you work for the cheesecake, Dory. <laughs> Brains. Too funny. Okay, so last week, um, Kerry and I had a big <laughs> oh, conversation, dear. and I actually want to play it again uh, <laughs> so you can understand what happened in studio if you didn't listen. But we're going to be finding out from Kerry exactly what the hell is going on. Let's hope this works. <laughs> is it going to work? Is it going to work? Is it working? Here we go. Listen to this. Oh, I don't know how to make this thing work now. Press play. She's, she's intelligent. She she's is. beautiful, and I think she's going to do great with whatever this this platform gives her. So... What does it give her? What does it give her? Wow. She's, I mean, she's been whisked off to some, some hotel and she's, Gosh. she's actually got, she's got no, some massive hotel over there. Okay. I don't know how that, how, how is that relevant or good? She's been because taken to a hotel. She won this universe. Yes, she's been, taken to, yeah, she's she's been, been taken, taken to a hotel now where they will, where they will explain to her what she needs to do for the year of her reign, which is massive. It's worldwide. I don't know if Kerry knows what she has to do. Get to a hotel. <laughs> I do know because it's a pageant. I follow. I'm gonna we're gonna write it. It is story. about I world just, peace. Kerry, I just think it's funny. Like you won Miss World, Miss Universe, and then what happened? And then what happened? They took her to a hotel <laughs> Ben, stop it. So we're gonna Go read the story and you find out what they're doing. No, I'm gonna actually publish the story of what actually happens when you win this universe because we clearly don't know. Okay, so from the good stuff, Demi Lienel Peters from South Africa, congratulations. Congratulations. We're glad you made it to a hotel. hotel. (laughs) So that was last week. Wow. Okay. Wow. Kerry's literally going red. I am glowing. No, it's the reflection of your brand, your brand new red jacket. No, 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 no. And in my defense, we were laughing. Okay. We were laughing so much that we didn't actually, I didn't finish my sentence. Okay. But I have taken a piece from an article that I found to say exactly what she wins. Can we just have a little bit of honesty? Yes, we can. You had no idea what she wins. No, I really did. Are you still laughing at me? I've been watching all of these pageants since I was a young girl, okay? And I know because I, I, I'm also philanthropic. But Gary, it was really funny. Yes, it was funny. And my parents, <laughs> my parents were finished for themselves, okay? My dad is still laughing today. My mother sent me a message to say that my dad is still laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to correct, Kerry does know what Miss Universe won. Yes. Um, she's a she's an incredible winner. She didn't just win a trip to a hotel. <laughs> She started off at a hotel. Yes, she was whisked after the pageant to a hotel. Okay. So Demi's prize includes a year-long salary, accommodation and living expenses in the luxury New York flat, a 12-month endorsement from the pageant sponsors, providing products, uh, providing products from hair care and makeup to shoes and clothes. The title is also a platform for, um, philanthropy and various casting opportunities for the winner. It will be a big change for her. But um, it's going to be a year of new experiences, and it's not funny anymore because no, now no, it's, it's not serious. funny. Now you serious. now you went and ruined my joke. <laughs> because now we had to clear it. We had to clear it up because it is a, it's a huge thing. It's massive, and she's only twenty two years old. Kerry, I'm you sorry, know what? Brent. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that clip and I'm just gonna play it every now and okay, then. Okay, so you carry do that so that you can you. laugh at me. That's okay, you laugh, <laughs> laugh away. <laughs> Uh, and she did win $25,000 as a prize. But she's lost her, um, her crown, right? Yes, it so was, she's no it longer was handed mi- over to the new Miss South Africa. She's no longer Miss South Africa. No, she's now Miss Universe and there is a brand new Miss South Africa. Jeepers, look at that. So you do know factually what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Good job, Kerry. Thank you. Okay. Can I get a round of applause? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jeepers. Um, okay, so... 
Now that we know that Miss, what Miss South Africa does. Uh, a couple Miss of other things happening today. Miss Universe, because mm-hmm. she's no longer Miss South Africa. No. And she's not Miss World or Miss Earth. No. She's just Miss Universe, and she's never competed against any aliens, only humans, <laughs> but she's Miss Universe. It yes. does not make sense. Um, also, uh, today, today, uh, the father of our nation passed away four years today, which is pretty, I mean, we're going to talk about it in the top five, but, yes. um, it's the anniversary. Yeah, we're going to look at that. Uh, and then also, so mad, crazy, um, news. Yesterday, a, a real inspiration. He's a motivational speaker. He puts out videos. He, uh, terminal. Yes. Terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. Second time round. Um, and they said to him, this is it. You gotta, you gotta say goodbyes. This is it. This is the end. And he went for his last bout of chemo just to hold on for a little bit more for his daughters and, all the things, and he's in remission. That is amazing, Richard Wright. My hair is standing up. Yeah, Richard Wright. I've I've followed him for a couple of years. He's a he's a great inspiration mm. to many South Africans. He does talks. He puts out YouTube videos. His Facebook is immensely positive. And yesterday he put that out, and it's it's all that I could think about over the last twenty four hours. Positive positivity makes things possible, especially in that um, aspect with your health. Yeah, he. So I mean. Whatever cancer he had, um, it didn't show on the outside. Mm. So he was still training. He was still being healthy, as yes. healthy as he could be. Even through chemo, he was, he was like being fit. And I think that also has a factor to keep fit. It really does because that helps your cells to regenerate. So happy for him. He put up a post this morning on Instagram going, uh, Richard to cancer zero, zero. scorecard. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congratulations, Rich. We're looking forward to see some of the stuff you put up and some of the stuff you put up. And uh, the new chapter of your life. New chapter? Yes. Just really, really, really rad. That's amazing. Really cool. And the last thing that I want to touch on uh, is a story that I wrote yesterday. You know that mm-hmm. Bitcoin in the last year has gone up 900%. Yes, I do. So if you bought one Bitcoin for like whatever it was. like It was. Okay, let's say a year ago, yes. Bitcoin was 1,000 rand. You bu- you bought a Bitcoin yep. for a thousand rand. Thousand rand. That Bitcoin today is worth one hundred and fifty eight thousand rand. Yes. Can we go back in time? No. And just buy some Bitcoins. Mm-mm. Buy like ten Bitcoins, and you can have a million bucks. And how about that man who didn't even who who forgot that he had bought Bitcoin? South I don't African. know about that. Okay, so a South African man who bought Bitcoin, uh, I think it was, f- um, four years ago, he forgot. When it was still in, you could still buy Bitcoin for cents. Yes, he forgot about it, and uh, it just appreciated, and now he is a billionaire. Do you think? Do you think it's just going to keep on going up and up and up and up and up? There has to be like I feel like there has to be a point when it gets to that point where, like a peak. Well, the, I think so, but I also think there's going to come a time soon, actually, that um, things in Bitcoin are going to change. In what sense? Um, you're like alluding to something, but you're not telling me. <laughs> what do you know? What do I know? Who do I know? Who do you know? I'm not going to say anything, but um, I think it's going to change. But you should buy Bitcoin. Just saying. Now. FYI. No, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually put a, a T and C there. Um, Kerry has got no financial training. So if you're listening to her. Don't listen. Don't, don't listen. Don't spend your life don't savings. Know anything. On, don't No, don't spend your life savings. Imagine someone spent their life savings on Bitcoin and then tomorrow it plummets. Uh, it has plummeted many times, but it's always come back. Really? Yes. You sound like you know about these things. I have been doing my research. I feel like I need to maybe off air talk to you a little bit. Oh yeah. About Bitcoin. Maybe. Because like I'd like to invest. Uh, I'm not going to invest 158,000 rand, but a good like tenner. I can give ten bucks. Ten rand. Ten rand. Um. Have you got ten thousand rand? No, no, no. It, if it's if it's appreciating so much, ten rand would be worth like a million in like a year. Okay. Isn't that how it's working? Isn't that how Bitcoin works? Um, I'm talking cuck now. Yeah. Uh, every week we get to bring you the top five good trending good news stories that we find, we search, we look for them. Um, Kerry compiles them and then we bring them to you so that you got something better to chat about than just uh just the stuff that you know around the dinner table and all those things okay what do we have at number five off-duty cops save a stranded mother from being robbed 
at a highway hotspot. You know what I love about stories like this? Yes. With police. Is the police in South Africa get a really bad rap? They really do. Often. Yes. And this is not like that. This is a this is good news that we can inspire us about our police. So what's the story? A group of off-duty police officers saw a man approaching a car pulled over in a crime hotspot on the highway. As they approached, they saw a distressed mother with her two children inside. So this man was literally at her passenger window. Okay, he was about to rob her. Now she, oh, her car was broken down. And um, uh, I don't know how to say her name, so I'm not going to. Okay. Don't say it. And um, these, these law enforcement officers approached and they saved her. I'm just no no bule. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. No bule. Yes. Okay. That one. <laughs> so I think this is really it's amazing. And they were they were prompt. They were quick, and uh, they managed to save her from something that could have changed their lives forever. Man, that's good news. It's very scary. I've been in a position like that before. It's very very scary. What happened? And it wasn't with my own children. It was with somebody else's children. So also the same thing And it was quite a few years ago You know you start all pairing First job Did you have a cell phone? Um, I did have a cell phone And right. I managed to phone the, A security company in the area And my friend To come and get the kids out of the car So I mean they were They were all very quick But it's it's scary Because a lot can happen In a short space of time So in my case I had someone else's children in the car And um, it's horrible it's not a. It's not a good experience. I've ran out of fuel before. Ex- that's yeah. It's and, and it was just as the sun was going down, and it was like in the back area of Kalami on a sand road. Oh no, what? I've run out of petrol on the highway just before, like Marlboro. Yeah, that's a dangerous off ramp. Exactly, and it was so strange because a tow truck driver just happened to be driving past, and he stopped, and I was like, wow. You're amazing. Okay. And I didn't know how much it was going to cost for him to tow my car home. Aren't tow trucks expensive? They are very expensive. So he even said to me, he's like, no, don't worry about it. Because literally I broke down maybe four kilometers from my house. So he said, no, don't worry about it. At that stage, I think it was, it was about 12 years ago. I think I gave him 500 rand. You swear he won the lottery. But he saved my life potentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, it's very, very scary. Okay, we're going to put that story up online so that you can read about it. Uh, what do we have at number four? Vending machines for the homeless will provide food, clothes, and books. I love, love this. Yes. I love it. So it's something that they've rolled out in the UK, and I must just tell you. Okay, explain what it is, and then I'll tell you what happened. Okay, it's the UK's first vending machine designed specifically for homeless people will launch just in time for Christmas. So the machines dispense water, fresh fruit, energy bars, crisps, chocolates, and sandwiches, as well as socks, sanitary towels, antibacterial lotion, toothbrush, toothpaste, combination packs, and books. And then what happens is like you can buy a load of these tokens or whatever, or a a membership card card or whatever. And then like if you see someone homeless... And you you don't want to give them money because you don't want them to spend it on booze or drugs or whatever. You give them a card. Yes. And then they can use that card to go and get sandwiches or a toothbrush or something that they might need. Yes. Exactly. And on the card it says it's Action Hunger. So that's the charity in the UK. Um, and I think this initiative is incredible. It's so cool. So I put it up online and there was a whole bunch of comments and people commenting about like the story. And, and there was a lot of negativity. People were saying, yeah, if this was South Africa, they would vandalize it and break in and steal and it would be terrible. And I felt like replying, so you never reply to a troll. No. Okay, so if someone's angry on the internet or happy, either way it's going to go. If they're happy and you engage in a conversation with them, they're going to keep being happy. Mm. If they're upset (laughs) and you engage in a conversation, they're going to keep being upset. You're not going to change them. Yes. This is not not school. You don't change people's minds on, on a common thread of a story. But this person, I wanted to write back and say, if a hungry, homeless human being breaks into a vending machine to get a flipping sandwich, then that vending machine has still done its job. It's because that person is hungry. So if we had that concept here in South Africa, it would need people like you, okay, the troll, to buy a card in order for that person to be able to use the vending machine and not break the vending machine because they're starving. But even if, yeah, even if they do break the vending machine, it's done its job. Exactly. It fed someone. The, sure. the problem, I think, and the challenge that we face in South Africa is that people forget the amount of poverty 
that we have in South Africa. And the reason they commit crime is because of the poverty. So let me remind you, just in case you need a little reminder, 23% of South Africans don't eat every day. Yes. 4.5 million of those are kids, little kids, that don't eat every day. If you can remember that, and if we can take a moment to think about that, then the homeless person that you see begging, especially today in Joburg, it is pissing down with rain. People are on the side of the road, not because it's fun, but because there's a problem in South Africa. And yes, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. Government is not fixing that problem. So we have to. And we have to do something about it. And not unfortunately. It's our job. Give If you have a little bit, give to someone else in need. We're all human. We all bleed the same. Totally. So I love this vending machine idea. I've actually emailed them to find out how we can get it in South Africa. That's amazing. I love it. You always action things. No, man. You can't, like I read the story and I was like, that's so cool. It is. How do we make this something yes. in South Africa? Mm-hmm. I think it is brilliant. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. I think it's awesome. Let's make it happen. We're going to put that story up online so that you can see the vending. The vending machines also look cool. What do we have at number three? Five years after his death, a father's final bouquet to his daughter goes viral. Aish. This one, man. Her dad died when she was 16, but he prepaid for flowers until she turned 21. This year, she received the last handwritten card from him. La- so, f- this this gent was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Michael. Michael. And when his daughter turned 16, he passed away. Mm. But he prepaid for and handwrote five years of birthday flowers and cards mm. that got sent to her. Every year on her birthday. So imagine this. Four months after her father passes away, this bouquet of flowers rocks up on her doorstep with a message from her dad going, happy sweet 16th, um, I miss you, or whatever whatever those words yeah. were. And it must have been traumatic. Absolutely traumatic. But in that card, sorry, in the first card as well, he said, um, I've prepaid for, oh, well, I've, I've organized a birthday present for you until you're 21. Sure. So she also knew it was going to end when she turned 21. Mm. So that first set of flowers that she got broke her heart, but got her so excited for her next birthday. And I love what he wrote for her 21st birthday. So can I read it quickly? Before you read it. Yes. Imagine that was you. Sure. Because I I did. Mm. When I was, when I was writing the story, I was drizzing, drizzing Mm. like Kerry, Mm. crying. I'm trying, I'm trying. (laughs) I was proper crying because it's so heartbreaking. I lost my father, I know. And imagine you could get a message from the other side. Like it's not from the other side, but it kind of is. Kind of. It it is. And it's, he's there still. So for her 21st, a couple of days before her birthday, he, he must have anticipated that she would be waiting for that day. Yes. So, you know, like, um, surprise when someone's going to, pull a plaster off mm. and they say I'm going to count to three and they pull they it off at one <laughs> that's what he did he yes. sent this he sent this bouquet a couple of days before so it arrived before so that anticipation wasn't there the angst wasn't there mm. but the message was there and this is the last message that she received Bailey this is my last love letter to you until we meet again I do not want you to shed another tear for me my baby girl for I am in a better place you are and will always be the most precious jewel I was given it is your 21st birthday and I want you to always respect your mama and stay true to yourself. Be happy and live life to the fullest. I will be with you through every milestone. Just look around and there I will be. I love you, boo-boo, and happy birthday, daddy. Finished. We're both drizzling. <laughs> it's, um, sure. We're going to put that up online so you can see the bouquet and the real card and all that stuff. It's like just so actual beautiful. Beautiful. And she's actually, she did an interview after, um, she posted that tweet saying she can now live her life. Yes. She's, she's not, she's now, you know, it was her last one. Mm. Um, she's had five years to deal with her father's passing and now she can move on. And he made it easier for me, for her. And in that letter, he said she must live her life to the fullest and she must be happy. Good, 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 good story. We're going to put that up online. What do we have at number two? The first look at desks made from recycled plastic after the big Joburg cleanup. How clever. 
Petco, in partnership with various companies and organizations, used recycled plastic from the Joburg City cleanup and built desks for school children. These desks are amazing. Yeah, did you see the photo of them? Yes. They, they look really cool. Like really cool desks. And I'm glad that they are making desks now as well because they have started making furniture and outdoor equipment and jungle gyms. Because it's plastic, so it can last forever. And I'm glad they've come up with a solution now because, I mean, I was in Dipsloot this past weekend and some of them don't have desks. This is amazing because it's durable. And I mean, look at them all sitting at the desk. It's, it's, it's beautiful. What Kerry's saying is if you want to look at them, you better go online and and have a check on uh, cliffcentral.com. It'll be on our Facebook, not our Facebook page, Mm -hmm. cliffcentral.com page. On the Good Stuff page, you'll find all the stories there. The um, and you'll be able to see the desks that uh, the city of Johannesburg are making for free, I think. It's being sponsored. Yes. It's all sponsored from out the of, rubbish. Exactly, out of a recycled plastic. And it so doesn't, so guys, recycle. it doesn't, it doesn't look funny. Like it looks like a normal desk. It is a normal desk. But it's made out of the plastic that's it been looks recycled. Like wood. And a lot of. When uh, I saw the story, I imagined like a bunch of Coke bottles that have been masking yes. tape together with oh, a bit right. of wire. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay, just like Miss Universe going to a hotel. I love the way the music ended there. It was like, <laughs> drops mic. <laughs> Kerry's going to drop the mic after the last story. What do we have at number one? Today, remembering Nelson Mandela, the father of our nation. Former President Nelson Mandela remains one of the most in- enduring symbols of the South African nation brand. So there is a video that you need to go and watch. And it's a whole story. And you know what the thing is here? And the reason why we've put this at number one today, we could just move on. And there's certainly a lot of people that won't click through because it has been four years. And we feel like it's been a lifetime ago. His presidency ended 10 years ago. It was a long time. Um, But I think we all need to remember what the father of our nation stood Mm. for. And we need to remember those things that he said um, that made us feel proudly South African and then that, that made us want to be better. One of the, it's in our hands is what His he legacy. said. His legacy. And I know that it's difficult. A lot of what we see day to day, the government, um, what's happening in our country, it is heartbreaking to watch and it's difficult to think that at one point we had hope. Mm. Today, I want you to get that hope back. Go and watch that video. It's, it, we'll put it up online. I promise you, it's eight minutes of your life it will make you feel like a new human being. Um, it'll make you proudly South African. It'll make you feel hopeful. It'll make you want to help people. It'll just epitomize everything that Nelson Mandela was and what he did for our country. And Hopefully I think that's... make us all action things that we should be. Ac- action. Action. Yes. Action. That's the good stuff on Cliff Central. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be speaking to an incredible South African who I am just so inspired by. Um, this is the good stuff. Well, listen into our favorite song. What a good song. Um, I am, yes, I get to meet the most incredible human beings. I'm, I'm most probably, I think, the luckiest South African because I really do just get to meet and speak to the most phenomenal human beings who have done incredible things, who have conquered huge feats. And today is no different. Um, sitting across from me is Alice Focht and, and Alice, I mean, she's going to unpack her story and tell us exactly what she's been through. But Alice is the only, I'm going to try to get this right because it's, it's quite a tongue twister. Alice had a double lung transplant many years ago. And then about five weeks ago, she had a second double lung transplant, which makes her the only person in South Africa to have received double lungs twice successfully. And she's sitting here today, five weeks after her operation. I have got goosebumps and I'm about to to cry because it's just the most phenomenal, amazing thing. Alice, it's incredible to have you in studio. Thanks, Brent, and thanks for inviting us, well, me again. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, more, you're, you're just one person. There's no more than you. 
Yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, Alice, let's, let's get into it. What, you, you received your first double lung transplant how long ago? Um, it would have been nine years and ten months ago on the 22nd. So every month I kept count. Um, and in January now it would have been exactly ten years. So exactly. it was just short of ten years. Sure. And you received those lungs because, um, of a lung deficiency. What, what was going on? Yes, yeah, so um, I suffered from, and in fact, I still suffer from cystic fibrosis. The thing is just now the cystic fibrosis is not in my lungs anymore because it's someone else's DNA, you know. So it's a genetic disease. So the rest of my body still has cystic fibrosis. But your lungs don't. But my lungs don't. Um, and my previous lungs also did it. <laughs> um, but the thing is with cystic fibrosis, it affects your lungs the worst. So the other organs... Well, Saying organs, it's mainly your pancreas is a bit messed up, but it's, it's treatable with medication. So you don't need a pancreas transplant. It's just the lungs. It, it gets to a point where there's no other treatment. Like they have to replace them. And you, how long did you wait on the list before you got your first set of lungs? My first set of lungs, I waited eight months, which um, was not long. No, no that's, that's I, I mean, if you think of the stories that are in South Africa yes. and, and you're, um, you fight for people to add their names to to become an organ donor because there yes. are so few organ donors. Uh, also, another fact which you and I have spoken off off air is that lungs are quite tricky because you need someone who's the same size as you. Yes, yes. So obviously, if you imagine that you need to get someone else's lungs, it needs to fit into your rib cage. You know, they can't bend your ribs or. So I think. I'm speaking under correction, but they've got like a bit of a leeway, you know. They can either squash it a little bit or give it a little bit of room. But I think 10 centimeters, and I don't know where I even heard this, so this might be wrong. (laughs) But I think it's about a 10 centimeter leeway, you know, in terms of like how big the lungs are. And also height, like the person's height, because your ribcage stops at a point. So you can't get lungs that go beneath that and then sure. there's no ribs to go around the lungs, you know. To protect. So them. it's really difficult. And then apart from that, lungs are the most difficult organ um, to get a donor for because lungs are often very damaged by the time someone passes away, either due to their lifestyle or just the nature of the accident they're in. You know, if they're in a bad car accident, and you know, whichever way they they. You yeah. know, got deceased. Yeah. Um, normally the lungs get quite damaged. Okay, so Alice, um, the, fir- the first time, uh, your first operation, that went well, right? There was, there yes. wasn't complications or anything? No, it did went, it did go very well. Um, so, yeah, it, I was out of hospital in two weeks and it went great. It went great and you were healthy. You then, uh, went on to become part of the, the transplant games. Yes. What did you yes. do and what is the Transplant Games? So the Transplant Games is, is absolutely amazing, but it's the World Transplant Games Federation that organize every two years they've got a, a World Transplant Games. And then like with the normal Olympics, they, you know, you put in a bid to host it and all of that. So the first one that I went to was in um, Brisbane in Australia, the Gold Coast. So first you have to take part in the national games, which is obviously... Yeah, because you, you need to be a competitor. Like yes, You need to be good yes. at what you do. And and it's really competitive. Like You think it's just all these like transplant sickly people, but it's not. They're really, really fit. And healthy. Um, yes, fit and healthy. And the problem is they can't compete in like the normal Olympics because we're on a very low dose of steroids. I was about to say, it's the only, um, the only games... Where steroids is promoted. <laughs> where they're like, we hope... Hope you're on steroids. Yes, we are. You better be taking your steroids, <laughs> otherwise, you know, you're a bad example. Um, so I went to the to the transplant games at the Gold Coast, and the next one in 2011 was in Sweden. Went there. The next one, Durban, actually won the bid, so we went to Durban. Um, and that would and have been 2013. 2013, yes. And then my health started slowly, you know, creeping down. What, if we can go back to that time, yes. what, what sort of happened? Because you're, you're healthy, you're fit, you're part of these games, mm. you're taking your steroids, things are going well. Um, what happened? So on my five year lung anniversary, so we call it lung anniversaries, 
Um, and just to explain to our listeners, a Langiversary, <laughs> it, it's twofold. Mm. So a Langiversary, and, and I only know this because I've become friends with uh, <laughs> a couple of organ, organ donation recipients. Um, a Langiversary is to celebrate the fact that you've been given the second chance, but also to acknowledge that someone has given up their life um, for you to have that privilege, which mm. is, it's an amazing thing to do. And it's a, it's a happy day. And I've been to a, I've been lucky enough to be to invited to a couple of them. And, um, so there's the explanation, but on your year five lung anniversary. Yes, on my year five lung anniversary, um, I had a doctor's checkup, you know, a few days after the actual party that I had. And I felt fantastic. And then just, um, my lung function was down 10%. Do they check that every mm, time you go? Yes. So you go for a checkup about every three months, mm. every three to four months. Um, and the problem is like when your lungs are really bad, like, mine used to be i mean you can have a one percent drop in lung function and you'll feel it you know you're like you know from this like 20 percent that i've got there's definitely some missing now it's 19 percent you know and you battle to breathe and And you battle to breathe and it's an issue but when your lung function like in my case at that point was it was 95 percent um and then when I went for my checkup, it was suddenly 85%. So you don't notice it because I was still gymming and I was, you know, I didn't notice anything. And then my doctor said, okay, well, maybe it's the machine. Like, come back in three days' time. So that's scary for you. It's very scary. And those three days I went and gymmed like crazy. (laughs) Try and make yourself stronger. Try and, and like, like. Pep talk your lungs and be like, it wasn't you, it was the machine. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when I went again the Friday, it was 82%. So I'm like, oh, crap. It's gone down. It's gone down, but you feel fine. So um, you get two types of rejection. You get acute rejection and you get chronic rejection. So with acute rejection, it normally manifests like a flu or a cold. Mm. Like you actually feel sick, like, you know, and then... You know, they can pick up if it's, if it's rejection and it's actually the better one to get because then they can just, you know, up your meds a bit and, and it's fine. You carry on from there. And I think 80% of people do actually experience that, you know. So as a, as a, I'm trying to, I'm paint a picture. So as a, as a recipient of organ donor recipient, you, um, you're on medication for the rest of your life. You speak about yes. steroids, but there's also yes. the anti-rejection stuff and there's a whole bunch of tablets that you'd have to take. Yes. At the moment, I'm taking oh, probably 25 tablets in the morning, oh, which is wow. horrible because like you're full by the time you've had all your tablets. It's like breakfast. Now you're supposed to eat it with food and it's like, I just, I'm, I'm full, full, full. How about a yogurt? <laughs> Yes, so, but I mean, it's, it's a small price to pay and the medicine, you know, it, it lessens. So it, it comes down. And also, luckily, some of them are just like vitamins. So you don't have to drink it at like eight o'clock. You can, you can through do, the day. Yeah. 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 So I like drink my anti-rejection pills first and then leave the iron tablets and the potassium for like while I'm watching series or something. Mm. <laughs> I'll pop them in a bit later. But yes, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of your life, though. It's part of your life. So the, we, we, you went to this, um, the, the checkup, and we're sitting now. It's the second checkup. We're at 82%. What's going through your head? So your biggest fear is, okay, is it chronic rejection? Because chronic rejection is irreversible. Like they, they, there's, there's a limited amount of treatment for it, and um, it's not a good – it's like the worst the diagnosis. Worst, the worst case. Worst yes. case. So they admitted me um, in the hope that it's maybe acute rejection. So I did a biopsy, um, and it wasn't acute rejection. And they treated me with three days of high-dose steroids, and it did nothing. So that's one of the indicators that it's not acute rejection, because if it was, it, it would have reacted. Yeah, yes. yeah. So then my doctor changed a lot of my medication, so got onto a whole new schedule of pulls. So they, they were mm. basically trying to course-correct. Yes, or or like if it was chronic rejection, you I mean eighty five percent is still a good lung function. So then try to keep it stable, like try to keep it at eighty five for as long as possible. So it actually stayed in the eighties for six months, and I almost forgot there was a you know an issue. So I carried on, we travelled, we like went to work as as Normal. per usual, um, and then suddenly just before the national transplant games in what was it, it was. 
No, just before the World Games in 2013. So I'd already entered and I'm like practicing squash and everything. Um, it suddenly dropped to 72%. And then within like a few days, it went to 69%. Oh. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm supposed to compete in squash in like a week's time. Um, what and if, your lung function just And my lung dropping. function's like dropping. And... So luckily my doctor didn't tell me I can't go to the game. So I went and I played with like lung function of like 69%. Sure. And. Are you competitive at all? <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> she's, um, she's more concerned about this squash <laughs> than she is about her lungs. Yeah. And I mean, but I could feel in the game at some point I just had to kind of like lose because like I was pushing, pushing and the girl I was playing against had a kidney transplant and it's, 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 di- yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. And you know, so at, at one point I'm like, okay, I'm never going to win this game because she's, you know, she's breathing properly. I'm starting to really struggle. So I kind no of energy. just gave up and missed every ball. <laughs> then the game was over. Um, but anyway, so then they started doing a treatment in Pretoria called photophoresis, mm. where they um, hook you up to a machine, they take your blood out, they harvest lymphocytes and white blood cells and wow. all sorts of things into a little bag. It's like this light pink um, solution. solution. Then they send it off to their lab where they treat the T cells with UV lights. So apparently that kills certain parts or damages the T cells, which is part of the immune system. Then they come back to you and put those cells back. So they've literally permanently damaged your immune system. Um, and I had 24 sessions of those. And what would that do? If you're damaging your immune system, what does that mean? The idea is that it, it, it leaves your lungs alone. Okay. So like your, your immune system is dumbed down now. It's stupid. It's, so like it's going it, to stop trying to reject the lungs. It's going to stop trying to reject the lungs. Because even a lung function of, of in the 60s is not bad compared to not being able to it's breathe like your at all. average smoker. Yes, yes, exactly. So the treatment was actually pretty, pretty successful because um, that was four years ago. So that kind of kept me... My lung function was still declining, but it was declining at like 1% a month or 2% you, a were month. Were you going to more checkups more often to yes. like sort of check yes. it and see what was going so on? So I, I went like every two months, every month, you know, it you know, became just more and more and more, more and more and more. But, um, yeah, it was definitely successful in terms of the fact that my decline went from dropping like 20% within a few months to, like 1% a month. And I mean, in the last, say, year and a half that I, I was on the waiting list for lungs again, it actually, some months, it didn't even drop at all. So unfortunately, I was like already below 30% when it stopped dropping. Well, I, when I met you, you were on oxygen full time. Yes. Yeah, so I was on oxygen full time from last year, January. And by that stage, had they already put you back onto the waiting list for new lungs? I went back on the waiting list at about... In the second half of last year, yeah, it's hard to, to pinpoint an exact date because you need medical aid approval. Mm. You go through a workup where they like test every other organ that you've got, see if you've not got some sort of hidden cancer that no one knew about. Um, and then they've got a panel meeting and there's a lot that happens before you are yeah, allowed. Able, yeah, to go back so I don't even know what date I was on the waiting list again, sure. but it was roughly in the second half of last year. And Alice, you, you then on this waiting list, it's your second time. Are you hopeful that you're going to get another set of lungs? I was hopeful in the beginning. You know, in the first like six months, I was like very like, you know, okay, this could happen any minute. Um, but as time goes by, and then, more yeah, especially after the eight month mark, because I knew the previous time I waited eight months and suddenly eight months have come, come and gone. Past. And then it's like nine months, 10 months, 11 months, 12 months. And it's just like, okay. And I also know that my hospital had only done six transplants the whole year. Oh, wow. So is that's that, is like, that because, so here's that question. Is it because there's not enough people on the donor list? Pretty much, yes. But to be honest, the, the donor list <clears throat> doesn't actually mean 
anything because what happens is, you know, doctors don't have access to, to people who are registered as donors. It comes down to asking the family. So it's because of families saying no. Yeah. That's, I've that's. Heard that. I've heard that. No, no, it was, that, and on our show as well. Yeah, we've we had, had it on our show that, mm. that you can be a donor, but if your families don't believe in it, then yes. you're not they can understood. they can reject it. The, and there was a big article um, in the UK, like within the last two months, saying they've lost 600 transplants in this year, where family members said no, but the person was registered as a donor. But that's what they said in the in in our previous on our previous show as well. Is that when when you register yourself as a donor, you need mm. to have that discussion with your family. Okay, well, he has my discussion. It's on a podcast. Exactly. I'm a donor. <laughs> like, I'm a donor. Take everything. Well, some people have a tattoo, so, and you've got tattoos, so maybe you should have a tattoo. In I've there. got a space here, actually. I've but got you a must, space you, here. Must, you must pick somewhere close to a vein, so if they were, like want to put the drip in there. <laughs> I am a donor. <laughs> take my stuff. I'm, I must say, like... I've th- thought Alice, about this. Alice has thought about this quite a bit. Okay, so you get the call. A year and a half waiting. Yes. You get this call. We've heard before. It happens relatively quickly because there, mm. there's not much time. So where were you when we when you got the second call? It, I was in bed. I think I was asleep, but I'm not sure because it was literally three minutes past 12. It, midnight. At midnight. Midnight, yes. So, um, Do you leave your phone on? I had to. I had to. Now I don't. And it's such a nice freedom to be able to ignore Sleep. my phone. Yeah. But what I, what I used to do is I used to put my phone on like hard of hearing mode and. Just in case you get that call. Yes. But then I muted all WhatsApps or SMSs. Okay. I don't so want you know some. No, it's that call. That's yes. the call. You don't want some That's drunk person no. going, Alice. Yes. At Billy's. In the morning. Missing you. Exactly. So I I didn't want to hear any notifications, but if someone called me, I wanted to wake me up. So three minutes past 12, this phone rings. Yes. And I saw it's my doctor's name. Oh. And then I knew because like my doctor, well, he never calls me anyway, but like. Like he wasn't going to call me at three minutes past 12. And then you answered the phone. And then he's like all chilled and he's like, um, hi, Hi, Alice. What are you doing? (laughs) Sleeping. Okay, um, yeah, we think we've got lungs for you. So, um, you know, if you could just make your way to the hospital. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, when? Like now or in the morning or what's the timeline? He's like, um, what time is it now? I'm like, it's midnight. He's like, okay, come at three. So they have to prep the lungs and, and what? Well, it's just, they have to just also get all the admin done because, You've got a pre-approval from your medical aid. So now when you get to the hospital, you have to explain to the poor person who's on duty at midnight at reception desk, be like, I've got a pre-authorized procedure, like a transplant happening. My lungs are waiting. Can I go? So then they call the medical aid, you know, they get there's a lot of admin. There's a lot of admin. And also when you get to your room, they're like, okay, you need to take a bath in this ugly pink stuff, which is gross. And um, they take some blood tests and a billion forms signing your life away. Uh, what else? So it's quite tricky. Uh, the, the drive. It's quite busy. Yeah. The drive there. I mean, you're anticipating that this could be the moment. Mm. You may have lost hope a little bit. The phone goes off. You're driving. Yes. What is that like? I think it was actually like Surreal. quite chilled because there was no traffic. So we were like, you know, just driving in Northcliffe in the dark and... Like, have we got everything? Like, okay, uh, if I forgot something, then we can go fetch it. So, luckily, the timing wasn't like push, push, push. You have to be there now. Theater in an hour. You know, it was because eventually I went into theater at about eight o'clock. So we had five hours of sitting and waiting. Of sitting and waiting. So you you're kind of busy because people pop in, and you know, some people just because they friendly and you've been in the hospital a billion times and then they're excited for you so that all the nurses are like you know oh you're getting your lungs my anxiety would be done (laughs) and then i took a book you know who knows why so i tried to read and i'm like i can't actually read the book yeah i can't concentrate concentrate. so and eventually chris fell asleep and (laughs) i'm just like walking around there on my oxygen i'm like you know have i like 
cut my toenails, have I shaved my legs? <laughs> then I'm like, oh, let me shave my legs again and paint my toenails. Because you're going into theatre, you want to look good. <laughs> you have to look good. That's so funny. Um, so yeah, I was just doing random, random stuff, and I think I think that that stems from trying just trying to keep yourself busy because yes. there's there's a lot going on, mm. and you're about to face quite a big procedure, and it's yes. you know it, you've been waiting for that procedure for a long time. When you came out of theatre, now yes. now I, I know this because I'm part of some small part of the community. Your recovery has been insane. Mm. It has. I honestly like. I couldn't believe it. Um, the, with my first transplant, I was asleep after th- surgery for four to five days. So just ventilated, not moving. Uh, and then after five days, they woke me up. So this time, they warned me saying the surgery is going to be more difficult because you've got scar tissue, you know. Mm. We have to cut through all you. the scars we did. But ten your, years your ago. recovery's been insane. Yes, but that's the surprising part. So, and also they've, they've now got a new thing that they use, um, called ECMO, which is where they oxygenate your blood through your vein. It's almost like, um, the, the lung version of dialysis where they clean your blood. So now they actually put oxygen in your blood, um, to help your lungs rest or whatever. So, I was expecting to come out of theater with that because that's what I was prepared for. And then when I woke up, I only had the ventilator in and I was so confused and you can't talk. And my, I kind of asked my doctor like with sign language, like what day is it? Like where are we? What's happening? And he's like, no, it's, it's like not even 12 hours. It's you crazy. know, I'm like what? And then I'm like, where's the ECMO? Like, I know there's supposed to be ECMO, but normally they put it in your neck and I'm not feeling anything in my neck. Um, and then he said, no, they only needed to use it in theater. And then they took it out. They felt like it wasn't necessary to keep it in. Wow. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to write a full story because I think it's absolutely phenomenal. We're going to put that up online so people can read about this amazing journey you've been through. Um, in 30 seconds, what's your plans for the future now that you've been given this third lease on life? Well, yeah, look, it's quite stressful knowing that you've got a third lease on life. Like I do feel a bit of pressure, but. So why don't you just go on holiday? Why don't you just do December? Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm actually not allowed to go away on holiday because I still need to stay close to my doctor and he's very overprotective <laughs> at the moment. But, um, I want to, like, as you know, we've got that organization, Love Life, Gift Life, and I haven't been, like, properly able to focus on that for the last, like, year and a half because I've missed out on half the stuff because I felt too sick. So that's my biggest, like, baby that I'd like to, to spend my time on. And then, obviously, eventually I'm going to have to find a way to get an income. But I... Yeah, we'll see what happens, but traveling, love, life, gift, life, that's the two things. Traveling, love, life, gift, life. We're going to put the story up online so that you yes. can follow Alice's journey. We love having you. You're incredible, um, and you are an inspiration. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. This is cliffcentral.com.